listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it is Thursday the 15th of July 2021. This is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap. Later, the impact of the various lockdowns around the country on the Australian share market. But first, uh, late this afternoon, Victoria did announce a snap five-day lockdown. But Let's focus on its June shutdown because it didn't negatively impact the unemployment rate, which came out today. The national June rate fell 0.2 percentage points to 4.9%. That's the lowest since December 2010, and all up 29,000 jobs were created. Of course, though, this is data for June, and it doesn't take into consideration the current extended Sydney lockdown. So for a closer look at all that detail, I spoke earlier to Joe Masters, the Chief Economist at EY. The good news is there's lots of momentum in the economy at the moment, and that was true going into the Greater Sydney lockdown. The cautionary tale, though, is that we did see in the data the impact of the most recent lockdown in Victoria where we saw hours worked by Victorians fall 8.6% in the month. And that, of course, is what happens when you lock down and ask people to stay at home. It is backward-looking and doesn't take into consideration the current Sydney lockdown. So to what extent do you think this report reflects the current job situation and how will it impact future reads? So it doesn't tell us anything about the current level of lockdowns and what that means. We know from previous lockdowns that restrictions hit economic activity and they hit the jobs market. Some people lose their jobs, some people lose hours. And we expect that the data in the next couple of months will show that that has also been the case in Greater Sydney. So if we look at Victoria, for example, as you mentioned earlier, when we look at jobs and hours lost and perhaps underemployment, What can we say about the Victorian experience as to what it will mean for, I guess, New South Wales and the broader national number next time around? So what we're seeing in these lockdowns is some unemployment, but actually the really interesting tale is that a lot of Australians through lockdown are actually remaining connected to their employer. They are remaining employed, but they're just not working um, any hours or certainly not as many hours as they would do typically. Um, So that can mean that you don't see too much of a negative number in terms of the unemployment rate, for example, but hours worked is the best measure of economic activity in the economy. We saw more than 8% fall in Victoria in the month of June, but in the other states, hours worked actually rose by 0.5%. So again, this idea of two speeds, the economy's not locked down and doing okay, lockdown has an immediate and significant impact. The state and federal government support packages, particularly for New South Wales, will that help? As you mentioned, people are remaining in work. It will undoubtedly help. And actually, the degree of fiscal support, income support for businesses and Australians put in place since the pandemic hit has been a key factor in Australia's outperformance in terms of our economy. We're one of only two economies where the size is back to pre-pandemic levels. The package for New South Wales supports cash flow for businesses and for Australians, and that will help not just see us through this lockdown, but more importantly, gives us confidence that as restrictions ease, people will go back out and spend and the economy will get back on its feet. 
I know the lockdown situation rapidly changes, right? But if we focus on the Sydney lockdown at the moment, given that package, that, that government support package, and based on past lockdowns, what's your base case scenario as to how long this lockdown will last in Sydney? So the common thinking is that the lockdown will last around seven weeks or thereabouts. If we look at the announcement made earlier this week, though, and the government's own estimates of the federal government support for New South Wales, at EY, our own analysis of that suggests that the lockdown may last as long as 10 weeks or thereabout, or that's what's being budgeted for. And it's appropriate for the government to be cautious and conservative and plan for longer rather than less support needed. Back on jobs, are there any signs that this improving labour market will lead to pressure on wages? So we are hearing about um, skill shortages in some parts of the economy and that's likely to see wages rise in some parts of the economy. But if we look at unemployment and underemployment, that gives us a measure of how much spare capacity is in the labour market. And that's still running well over 12%. Um, which would suggest that wage growth is going to remain very modest for some time yet. If we just look at the unemployment rate, that's down at 4.9%, the lowest in about a decade. But just earlier last week, the RBA governor said the unemployment rate needed to get to the low force to generate nationwide wage growth. And speaking of the RBA, what will it mean for monetary policy? So the recovery is bumpy and the lockdown in Greater Sydney is absolutely a a bump in that recovery process. If anything, it um, suggests that recovery will take a little bit longer than we thought otherwise. And I think the good news is the Reserve Bank has plenty of flexibility in its um, arsenal and the levers that it's pulling. uh, And it does mean that perhaps we won't see as quick a reduction in the bond buying program than we thought perhaps earlier last week. Joe Masters there, the Chief Economist at EY Oceania. Now, the Australian share market fell by 0.3%, 7,335.9 on the S&P ASX 200. Now, the news of the latest Victorian or Melbourne uh, lockdown came after the markets closed. So for more, I spoke earlier with Henry Jennings before that announcement from Marcus Today. In terms of what investors feel, surely lockdowns, talk of lockdowns, that'll hurt sentiment, won't it? It has hurt sentiment, although, to be honest, we're only 20 points off today, so it's not really a huge factor. And given that we're still hovering not far off all-time highs, to be honest, we haven't really seen a lot of aggressive selling. We are in the middle of US reporting season, or at least we're starting to see those numbers come through. So a lot of people are still looking at those and and looking at the possibility that we're going to have a pretty good reporting season of our own when it starts up in August. So there's a lot of hope hanging on that at the moment. But I think it's more at the moment a question of investors stepping away from the buy side rather than the sell side getting aggressive at the moment. So for the time being, at least we're hanging in. It's certainly we're alert, but not alarmed, as they say. A piece of uh, international economic news, China's GDP slowing to 7.9%. It's still above its annual target of 6% annual. But what does it mean for those companies listed here in Australia reliant on China? Not a lot, I don't think. It was a pretty much in line with the expectations. I think expectations were around for 8, 8.1. And a lot, a lot of the Chinese numbers are a little bit rubbery anyway, and, and a lot of people don't actually believe them to be completely and utterly honest 
at uh, times. So 7.9 wasn't a bad result. And we did see consumer spending pick up as well. So that was good. So it's becoming maybe a more balanced economy in China. That's what they're talking about anyway. And we did see some good export numbers as well the other day coming out of China. So certainly there's no reason for concern with the Chinese economy at the moment as far as our market goes. And today the iron ore market the iron ore miners are doing very well again and they're kind of holding the market up to some extent so it's still holding it around that 217 220 dollar a ton us level so that's still good for those i guess corporate story of the day is that of uh, sydney airports uh, is it still likely to be taken over uh, well certainly it's game on um, there is, of course, Sydney Airport is saying that it's not enough because you're not even paying as much as we were trading at before the pandemic. Of course, the lockdown makes their case a little bit harder to pursue. And the uh, the bidder, IFM, is saying, well, you actually raised $2 billion during the lockdowns and the, and the pandemic panic we saw last year. So in reflection, it's really around sort of nine bucks that we are offering for you, which is pretty close to where you were before the pandemic hit. So it's going to be a bit of a war of words. And of course, with the Sydney lockdown as well, that does add to the bidder's case that things are going to take a little while to get back to normal and maybe shareholders should consider it. But I suspect money talks in the end. And if they raise the bid or even if we get another party coming to the table, uh, certainly Macquarie lurking in the background, if you remember, they were the ones that bought the thing in the first place for 5.6 billion back in the early 2000s. So it's um, there's a lot to play out, I think, in this one. It's a very strategic asset when the economy does open up and we bounce back with those international arrivals again. Putting everything together, including the implications of the jobs numbers and and lockdowns that we're seeing, inflation is still the talk of the market right now. The US Fed saying overnight inflation will remain elevated for some months, but then moderate. What does all of this mean for investment opportunities? Well, the, the word of the moment is transitory. We've had unprecedented during the pandemic, and now we've got transitory. I guess it's a question of how long that transitory inflation continues. And that is the key question. The, the Federal Reserve certainly thinks it could be a little bit more extended than they initially thought, and that is possible. And certainly the things that matter to a lot of people in terms of rent, housing, travel, all those sorts of things, utilities, etc., they're all going up far more the inflation rate, and they're really driving even used car prices in the US and here uh, are driving the inflation number. So it's a question of what your definition is of transitory, but certainly I think we're going to be living with this uh, for a little while, and certainly investors should be aware that there is a risk that inflation does escape from the bag finally. And to some extent, central banks have wanted that for such a long time, but as they say, be careful what you wish for because uh, sometimes that really is not uh, a good idea. Henry Jennings there from Marcus Today. I am on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, what's one I forgot? TikTok, at Business Ricardo. Talk to you soon. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.